you're tuned into Toby Talks, episode seven, from bedside RN to nurse manager. As you know, and if you listen to a couple of my episodes, I will always tell you if you don't know something, research it or Google it, because you know, Google is technically the millennials Wikipedia, right? So I was wondering, what does this nurse manager role really entail? Of course, I Googled it and a couple of um, job requirements, of course, management skills, leadership skills. But then when I even looked on the Google images, I would see like nurse managers in like these white coats with a clipboard and a stethoscope over their necks and just this bland, really creepy, everything's gonna be okay kind of smile. And I thought to myself, that was no way how I saw a nurse manager, especially when I was on the unit. My nurse manager was very chill. She would come in in the mornings, greet everyone, look at scheduling, make sure we're good for the morning shift. And then, you know, she'll reside in her office for a little bit and then come out around lunchtime, you know, and check on everybody. So I always thought, man, a nurse role is hecka easy. Like I would want to be that, you know, let me come up and get an office, a cute outfit and just be chilling and making sure everybody good on the unit. Heck, I can do that. I mean, I'm Nigerian, the oldest of four. I did that all my life. Okay. As long as nobody died and nothing was on fire, we good, right? Well, I was wrong. Okay. That is nowhere near what I thought a nurse manager role entails. But my guest today, Sharon, is going to go into full details on what it's like to be a nurse manager. Not only is she going to share the details on how she got in that role in such a young age with not even that much bedside experience, she's going to let you know how she did it and how she stayed in that role and brought so much improvement to where she is now. But, you know, like I always say, before I say too much, let's go ahead and hop in this conversation. Tell me about it. How did you get into nursing? What was what was all that about and where you are now? Well, I got into nursing, honestly, um, because my mom and my aunt advised me um, towards it. Um, you know, they talked about how it was great job security and it was a, a great job to have here um, in the United States. But as I got into it, I realized that I really and truly loved helping people and being part of a team to help people at their lowest point and bringing a smile to their face and taking care of their needs. And, um, you know, I've grown with that, um, decided to pursue even a higher degree, um, higher position at work, just so I can impact nursing um, in general and hope I can impact the quality of care that we provide as well. Awesome. I think that's usually the the main passion for a lot of people who do go into nursing. So I'm glad that we can share that together. So tell me, how did you start your journey off and where you are now? Did you start off um, doing an ABN program, a BSN program? And then, you know, what was your track after that? Was it straight to bedside or did you do other areas in nursing? Oh, right. Um, yeah, I started, actually went straight out from my BSN, um, got into university, went all the way through, graduated with my BSN that I was very proud of. And actually, at my last semester of nursing school, I applied uh, to a couple of places and got an offer. Um, oh. So as soon as I graduated, I was I was good to go. I graduated in December and um, I already had the, the job offer before I graduated and I could start in January, but I pushed it back um, so I could study for the test 
um, the NCLEDs. But then I, I eventually still just started off. I needed the money. So I started off while I studied for my NCLEDs. Took that. Um, so I started right out bedside nursing uh, on a med surge unit. Most of our patients had infections, um, but it was just a med surge unit, which means we got pretty much every every kind of patient. Um, mm-hmm. And I did that for mm-hmm. about two and a half years and um, took an opportunity to be a charge nurse. Um, my boss, as well as the charge nurse who was leaving, both encouraged me to take that opportunity. And so I did. I took it. That was great. It was an entirely new experience for me, and um, I enjoyed it very much. And as that went on, I also got my master's um, in the science of nursing. And as soon as I graduated with that in December again, um, I started looking to move forward, you know, get into administration, get into management. And uh, it took me about six months or so, but I was able to secure a job. And I'm currently working as a nurse manager at a physical rehabilitation hospital here in Dallas. Wow. So I actually want to table back a little bit. You said that you were at the bedside for two years before you went into the charge nurse role? Yes. So how the, how was that for you? Because um, usually, you know, the stereotypes we hear, you got to be like at the bedside for like five or six years before you can be a charge nurse or before you can even get into that position. So what was that like being, you know, just two years with experience and going into that charge nurse role? What did that entail? Were you um, a little scared about that? Did you feel hesitation about it or was it really a good move for you? And you're absolutely right because I was extremely terrified. Um, actually, the first time the charge nurse had asked me, hey, Sharon, I think you should um, start training with me to be charge relief. Um, I, I didn't want to do it. I was like, I, I only have a year and a half of experience. I really don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. But then came my evaluations. And my boss said the same thing. She said, hey, I think your goal um, for the next year should be you training to be charge relief. So I, I thought that's what it, that was always going to be. And I did that, you know, did two shifts, um, you know, whenever staffing allowed. And then eventually the charge nurse tells me, hey, you know, I'm leaving. and I think you should apply for this position. And I flat out said, no, no, I'm not doing it. I have to have five years of experience. I mean, I don't I'm, I mean, I'm just trying to get my I sit in the door. I'm not really mm-hmm. sure what I'm doing. And she explained to me that that's not true. And and truly, like she said, you're never really prepared for it. No matter how many years of experience you have, there are always going to be questions you don't know the answer to. And so that's not the point of it. The point of it is being able to critically think, being able to recognize resources, being able to tap into those resources and solve problems. And my boss told me the same thing. That's qualities that we see you having, and that's what you need to be in this position. And and I did do a lot. You know, I talked to a lot of doctors. I read progress notes, physician notes, every single shift. I looked at labs, every single shift. I'm telling you what they told me in nursing school worked. I had a notebook, everything I learned, I wrote it down. I connected lab values to diagnosis, to medications and to the doctor's notes. And I learned a lot. I really did, but I was still terrified but I had great leaders and great um, mentors that supported me and helped me realize that I had the qualities to be in that position even though I was scared that was normal and okay to push forward and I 
had resources around and I could tap into them. And that's all that mattered. Also, you know, they, they pointed out that they needed a leader. And mm-hmm. it wasn't about, you know, how much you experience you had, but being able to lead was not all about that. It wasn't all about the book knowledge, but also being able to take that risk, being able to be, um, to grow some confidence um, in yourself and stand up for your team and just take the lead. My team members ranged from five to 15 years of experience, but nobody wanted to step up and be that leader. And I got that opportunity to do that. And I was able to use them even as resources with 15 years of experience. You would think they should automatically be the leader, but it takes more than just those years of experience to be that leader. Oh, yes, girl. I'm so glad you said that. That is like amazing. I'm like <laughs> hype. Like what? Girl talking about she ain't need all the years to be a leader, huh? Like that is so, I love that <laughs> because it's true because you'll look and think, oh, this person's yes. been here for 15, 20 years. They should be the main one. But it takes more than just your experience of just being there. But how are you playing as a team? How are you helping coach others? I mean, that's true. The qualities of a leader. And I'm glad that you really highlighted that. I mean, that is awesome girl you better be a boss on your unit (laughs) that is so good so I actually (laughs) wanted to ask you something because you were saying you felt pretty prepared through nursing school so give me a good summary about what nursing school was like for you because you know I've heard other people say that they felt like nursing school didn't prepare them but I'm hearing something different from you you telling me that nursing school did help you and did prepare you so tell me a little bit more about that like your overall experience in the nursing program Right. So, you know, nursing, for me, nursing school was, you know, it's all about the books and lots, lots of rules, um, lots of regulations, very strict um, instructors. And it felt like a power struggle more than a learning experience for the most part. Mm-hmm. When I, when I referenced nursing school um, was our last semester um, that was preparing us to go out. Um, it was an advice that our instructor gave us and just said, Hey, keep a book with you and write everything down. It wasn't nursing school in its entirety. It was just that one piece of advice that she gave at the end. But then I actually had to use it and apply it. And that's how it worked for me. You know, if I, if I just dismissed that one piece of advice, then I, I could agree with you and others and say, yeah, nursing school did not quite prepare me for what was coming out there. But in all honesty, I'm not sure that anything does. Um, because you have... Nursing school gives you some of the knowledge um, as much as they can condense within that time frame about body systems and the processes, but nothing prepares you for seven patients, three with blood pressure issues, one having a respiratory problem, and they tell you ABCs, but at that moment... It's all swirling around in your Girl, head. Girl, you're not even and thinking not about ABC that. anymore. You're just like, one, two, three, EFG, <laughs> I need help. What? Like, there is no ABC acronym. <laughs> so I Exactly, or that blood transfusion. And, and with all those rules, you know, with all yeah. those rules, how are you remembering yeah. all about that blood transfusion and about this patient with, you know, hepatic encephalopathy, and this one's very confused. And, you know, there's so much going on that I'm not really sure that nursing school can prepare you um, for all of that. They try to give you the basics, but I think we all get bogged down by how strict. Sometimes they make it feel like 
it's just, it's a war zone. It's a terrible thing. You have to be so serious. I understand it is life and death, but I think we can loosen up a little bit and just help people find that passion, help them, you know, find that passion because that's what's going to help them there. The knowledge is good and you're always going to get more knowledge, more knowledge. You're never going to know everything because it's a human body and we're all still in this practice. But I think what we miss in nursing school is that passion because that's what's going to keep you. That's what's going to make you come back the next day after you've been beat up and burnt down. That's what's going to keep you again the next day. And several days after that working is that passion. And I didn't get that in nursing school. So I can understand why people you know, felt that way. Um, but I took one piece of advice and I used it and that helped me gain my knowledge, you know, gain even more knowledge to prepare me for something more. Mm. So I like how you were emphasizing about the passion. And so since, you know, you discussed about the passion, so what was it that made you want to leave the bedside? Because I did hear you say that you went back for your master's, but is is that the reason why you went back for your master's because you wanted to leave the bedside and go into more administration and leadership roles or where, where in between that line was it for you where you're like, you know, I really want to move from bedside and really get into that administration leadership role. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, while I was on the floor as a bedside nurse, you know, I plugged myself into the hospital. I joined several committees, um, nursing council, the unit council, staffing advisory, plugged myself in so many different parts, worked in different parts of the hospital as well to gain knowledge and to understand the hospital in its own. And I was able to sit on, on meeting, sit in meetings, sit on boards and hear what was going on outside of the bedside. And I realized um, that a lot of the people there, they were house supervisors, um, you know, other people with great experience and they were not really at the bedside anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I felt like I brought a very different approach and a very different perspective to them whenever I sat and I voiced my, my opinions. And that was a big thing too, because even though I had coworkers, I had charge nurses um, that were there, it seemed like they didn't speak up so much um, Mm. like I did, you know, it seemed like, they were, and I understand that there's the politics of it, which is something on its own. But at that moment, it felt like, I don't understand. Why aren't they speaking up? Like, they don't know what's going on. Yeah. And I felt like I was, not only was I a bedside nurse, but I also was someone that was going to speak up and say how it really was. And I, and I really felt in my heart that if they could tailor these, interventions, tailor these processes towards the reality of how it is on the floor, maybe we'd have more success. And so I felt like I needed an opportunity to go, you know, go forward and be there to be able to share that perspective. And I always told myself in my mind, no matter what, I'm never going to stay too far away from the bedside so I can keep up with what's really going on and I can bring that there and keep on with the, with this goal of mine. That's why, you know, I, I went and uh, I got my master's. Um, in all honesty, I got my, I started my master's program because um, I'm an international student and okay. I um, needed to, I have, when you graduate, when you come into the United States, you have an F1 visa. And then when you graduate, you have something called an OPT, which is a temporary for one year to help you stay in the country and work. If you don't have 
um, a hospital and agency that's going to file a green card or give you work authorization any further, your only option is to go back to school. So I probably would not have gone back as soon as I did. It was something that I was thinking about, but I had to go back to school um, as soon as I did because I wanted to stay in legal standing to continue to work here in the United States. And then that was a great experience um, getting my master's because I know that uh, my boss actually didn't even have a master's degree and she'd been working there for 20 plus years. And I know several nurse managers at that hospital that did not have a master's degree. Um, so it was possible to go that route, but I, I got my master's really because of um, legal issues with staying in the United States, but I don't regret any minute of it at all. Wow. I love that. I, first of all, I appreciate your transparency, girl. Like, I love that you highlighted not only the fact that you were so active in your com- um, your committees and being in the know of your hospital, but also the reasoning why you went back to school, because I think a lot of... Um, a lot of people assume that to be in the leadership role or to climb up and knowing, you know, being, being able to do more of an impact in the administration level for the bedside, you have to have a master's degree. So I'm glad that you emphasized the reason why you went back for your master's was not necessarily because of your growth at the bedside and an administration, but really because of your legal standing in this country. And I'm so, I applaud you for that, by the way, like, that's amazing. And you go girl. Okay. Just go ahead and throw that out there. You go girl. Thank you. So I love, I really, really love that you highlighted, especially what I was doing in my career um, advancement and being in leadership was being very connected in your hospital playing a a vivid role in being in the committees and coming to the meetings and really knowing what's going on, not only at the bedside level, at the leadership level, and even at the business level, how the hospital functions. So I'm really glad that you emphasized on that. So let's hop into your role as a nurse manager. So at this point, I'm hearing you say that you've been at the bedside now for about four years or so before you went into this nursing manager role, correct? Yes. Awesome. So can you tell me more about what that role entails as a nurse manager? I mean, I hear it all the time. I just think of, oh, somebody who manages the nurses on the unit. But I feel like there's always more that goes into that. It's more than less just scheduling and just making sure everyone comes to work. So give me a little background about what it is to be a nurse manager. Give me a day in the life of Sharon, the nurse manager. Honestly, I'm going to try to be concise, but I'm telling you, <laughs> uh, it's not as concise as I'm going to make it. Um, so being a nurse manager is it's a lot of things. It's definitely more than just managing the nurses because it's more than just the nurses. It's uh-huh. the unit. Uh-huh. It's everything that works there. You are the main resource for everybody. It's, it's medical even. Um, and I just came to this reality, not just like two weeks ago, because um, a case manager calls me and tells me, hey, um, this patient that's discharged says she cannot afford the um, prescription inhaler that the doctor gave her. So I talked to the doctor, this case manager is telling me that she talked to the doctor and the doctor says, yeah, I will, you know, give whatever substitute that the pharmacy or whatever says the lady can afford. And she calls me and says, "Uh, so can you 
can you call this patient back, uh, call in a, a more affordable prescription medication for this patient? And I'm trying to tell this case manager, I, I have no idea what the cost of medications are. <laughs> and, and she, she really thinks she thinks you pharmacy. She thinks you pharmacy now. She's you know, exactly. And, <laughs> And she directly says to me, well, that's a nursing thing. I mean, it's a medical thing, so it's a nursing thing. And I said, actually, no. Yes, it's a medical thing. And if you want to go there, medical and nursing is still somewhat different because we do have to work under a scope of practice, which mm-hmm. the doctor entails. But this is a pharmacy thing. So could you talk to our pharmacist to see how much, um, you know, what, what a substitute is? And then she was like, oh, okay, I, I'll go talk to the pharmacist. But it's, it's like that. It's wow. everything. And another aspect of it is whenever, oh, my God, it's so huge. Let me think about this. See, so your people that work on the floor, your staff that works on the floor, you have to have a good relationship with them mm-hmm. because they need to be able to trust you, come to you about things, you need to be able to be out there to help them. But also equally, you have to stay connected with administration and the higher ups. You have to be able to build rapport with them as well so that you can bring things to them mm-hmm. and convince them to move a certain way or not. So you have to juggle that. If somebody is sick, off, you're short on the unit, you are the help. Wow. If you cannot get another staff member to come in, you are the help. You can be the CNA, you can be the nurse, you can be the supervisor. Wherever there's a hole, you are it. But wow. equally, if you are, if you have somebody else that's doing scheduling, or you have um, somebody else that does um, attendance, or you have somebody else that handles other things in your department, when they're out, you're also it. You are wow. that person working in that, in that function as well. And that's a huge part of it. When my boss is out, the chief nursing officer, when she's out, I'm it. I'm in the meeting. I have to represent her. I have to um, act on behalf of the entire department. I have to pitch in, make decisions with them equally. And if there's problems on the floor, I'm it as well. And even when nobody's short and everything's working relatively all right, if there's a problem with the patient that the nurse cannot handle, that the supervisor cannot handle, I'm it. And so there's a lot of clinical stuff going around that you have to help with, but there's also a huge amount of administrative work that nobody sees. Everybody expects their nurse, as the staff on the floor, the nurses, the staff expect you to be there folding your your sleeves and helping them out. But your boss and everybody in administration and regional team or everybody else also expects that you're gathering that data, that you're looking at their charts, that you're making sure the documentation's right, that you're making sure everything is good. If the staffing coordinator messes up on something, that you're addressing that issue, you're doing all this administrative work as well. So it's a lot, a lot, a lot to juggle. And talk about the weekend, you know, being the resource for your staff. If something goes wrong, you are the person they call. You might have an administrator on call schedule, but they don't know that when seven things are going wrong and they need help. Once they find you're their manager, the person that they trust to fix things, they're going to call you about it. And nursing is there 24 hours, seven over anybody else. Mm -hmm. So you're working 24 hours, seven if they need you. So. That's trying to be concise, but it's a lot, yeah. (laughs) 
So what I'm hearing you say is that you're the superwoman, a.k.a. the super nurse, because <laughs> it seems like you were half yeah. in the unit and in the other half in administration. So you're right there in the middle juggling both aspects. Yes. And, you know, a harsh reality of it um, that it took me, you know, when I come when I'd come to realize it, it, it stung a little bit, but I got it, um, is that you have enough authority to get some things working, to be over your staff members, but you don't have complete authority really to make major changes in your department. And when you when you leave from, from the floor and you go into management, you think, oh boy, I've made it. I'm going to yeah, change everything yeah. that's going on. But you face a very uh, hurtful reality that, yes, you do have authority now over everybody that works for you, However, you don't completely have all the authority you think to make major changes. And it makes sense because you're not the one running the hospital. It's more than just you. It is. And so slowly you begin to realize, you know, it takes more than all your great ideas and and the, the authority that you have. There's so much more. You have a CEO, you have a CFO, you have other departments. You can't just come in and change everything. It's a process and it takes more than just you. And I'm glad that you say that because when you're at the bedside, I remember when I was at the bedside nurse and I was thinking like, oh, I just can't wait to get into administration. I'm going to be an advocate <laughs> for nurses. I'm going to champion some stuff. We're going to get some oh, yeah. stuff done. And then you get up there and you're like, wait a minute. Oh, yeah. oh to God, what? Finances is oh. what? The operations is what? See what? <laughs> it's like you see all these pieces that you never saw at the bedside. And it goes from bedside physical stress to administration mental stress. And you're like, oh my God, I did not oh my this God. challenging just to even change the color of scrubs. You didn't think it was that complicated. It's, you are so right. It's meant, it can be mentally exhausting. Yeah. You're not on the floor lifting seven patients or passing medications, but boy, I tell you, by the time you handle four counseling sessions and wow. realize some of the, 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 um, intra and interpersonal things that go on. Mm -hmm. I mean, one day mm -hmm. I literally came home and felt like I, I, I was a counselor today. That was all <laughs> I did today in my role. I did not do anything clinical. I did not do anything. Maybe you could say it's administrative-ish somewhat, but all I did today was counsel, hold hands, talk to people over the phone, get them from to step off the ledge. I mean... I all of that you. and patients and family you. members conflict resolution that's all I did for that day yep and then another day you'll come in and you realize I educated the pharmacy I educated doctors I was just an educational person today I was just an educator we have an educator I don't know why nobody oh. utilized them but I was the educator today <laughs> so you're right because you're it you're, you're, you're everything you yeah. are literally everything yeah wow you know, they bring a situation to you and you're like, I think somebody else should be handling this. But by the time you think about how you're going to explain to them why somebody else should be handling it, you just have to, you just, you just take it in yep. and you try to delegate yep. outside. Yeah. That, no, you are absolutely right. By the time you even figure out, like, you really should be talking to Robert about this. But you know what? Since we're already halfway in this conversation and you're already looking to me for hope, I'm going to go ahead and answer your question. <laughs> and then you're, like, exhausted because right. another person comes in with another. So it's it's different. And I'm glad that you're highlighting those because a lot of people think, oh, you're, you know, they'll look 
it's almost it's weird because as soon as you leave the bedside, right, you leave the scrubs and the and the clogs and the and the sneakers behind, and you're now in a you know hills and your meetings all day. They look at you differently. They assume that oh, you should be advocating for us more. Why isn't this happening? Why isn't this change going on? And you're in that role, and you're like, it's not yep. as easy as you think. Like we have to have the right stakeholders at the table. Then we have to make sure this person agrees. And if this person doesn't agree, we have to look at finances. Can our finance adjust to that? And if not, is our, is our, uh, can we actually show our data that me- that's supporting the fact that we need this and this and this, it becomes way more than just go and fix it. Why isn't it being fixed? You're a nurse. You've been there, fix it. And it's way more than just exactly fixing it. There's so many more puzzles involved. Exactly. I was going to say, and if you let that get to you, it can make it very frustrating and very sad yeah. um, if you let all that get to you because it, it's a lot. It is yeah, a lot. You're right. So let me ask you one question. What, what made you go into the nurse management role? Like, how did you even know that that was something that you could do? I mean, of course, you said that a lot of nurse managers, they didn't have to have their master's. Um, but how did you find out about this role? And what made you want to go and become a nurse manager? I mean, firsthand, I, I, I worked night shift, so I didn't see my nurse manager so much, but a few times I did, you know, I kind of enjoyed her being on the floor with us and just checking in on us and knowing that she was looking out for us and she was sort of aware of what we were doing and who we were. And I especially enjoyed the fact that she recognized my talents and there was somebody in that leadership role that did that, that saw me, uh, you know, you, you come in, you want to do your 12 hours and go home and you don't think anybody's really looking at you or seeing what you're doing or observing you. You just mm-hmm. come in, take care of your patients and go home. But realize that, hey, somebody's actually seeing me, seeing the work that I do and, and can speak of it, you know. And um, when I went through my master's program, you know, I got to shadow my boss, which was our director, as well as the director of all of the med surge units, as well as the CNO for a little bit. And, you know, got a glimpse of what that position was like. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, I wanted to be in a higher position where I could impact the quality of care we're providing and bring to the administrative team that perspective of a nurse on the floor. Yes, my committees, it had a mix of everybody. But to be able to really affect change on the unit, you know, I had to hold a position where I would be in a meeting. I would sit with the lead administrative team and voice those concerns to them because those committees, um, I felt like I'm not, I mean, I can't say for sure that the leaders of those committees are taking it to the higher ups yeah. In all of its entirety, yeah, yeah. or if the politics is weighing them down, I, I really couldn't say, but I was certain that if I was put in that room, I would say something about it. I would offer that perspective. And I knew to get into that room, I needed that position. Boom. She said, I knew I had to get that position to get in there. And that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> so when you were actually trying to get into this role, did it did the um, requirements of years impact you? Did they say, oh, you have to have this many years at bedside? Because keep in mind, you were barely four years in the game before you, you know, you're barely two years in the game before you went to charge. And then after that, you, you were reaching for this role. So were there, was there any hesitation? Was there any kind of like, oh, well, you don't have that many much experience yet? Or was it the leadership in you that stood out that let them realize, you know, it doesn't matter about her years. It looks like she's really um, about this life, <laughs> about being a leader. And... We want to offer this to you. Right. 
Absolutely. That's a great question. And, and, and in, honest, in all honesty, a lot of jobs that I apply for, I apply for a lot of jobs. Um, and then a lot of hospitals will say, you know, five years of experience, five years of bedside, um, two plus years of some kind of leadership experience mm-hmm. was their criteria. And I didn't have it. And some hospitals really didn't look into me any further just because I didn't have those number of years. Mm-hmm. Um, I was lucky enough that I got an opportunity to interview, you know, at this rehabilitation hospital mm-hmm. because I always had this thing mm-hmm. that I told myself, once you got me into the room and you got me talking, you'll see I have potential. Exactly. But your 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 resume does have to get you into the room. Yeah. And that part I struggled with it somewhat. Having a master's I think kinda helped a little bit where I was I didn't have five years of experience, but I had a master's degree. So okay, that that's a little wavering. Um, but also I think a great way is still within that hospital. Your hospital that you work in has a higher chance of of um, employing you or giving you that opportunity just because they they know about you even more yes. um, than outside. Outside is just going to be your resume, and that's I mean that's how I got that charge nurse position. I only had two years of experience, but my boss knew me, and so she knew I had the potential to go already to the next level. And if I had waited there, I probably could have applied for my boss's job whenever she retired, and it would be an it would be a transition as well um, but going outside it might be and probably would be tougher because they would be looking for those numbers um, on the page mm-hmm. and I, I think that hopefully I'm thinking that my master's my certification as a med surgeon nurse helped somewhat get me into the room it got me to a consideration like eh, you know what we'll try this girl. And then you go in and then you truly show yourself there. And then they can say, okay, wow, I think we can, uh, we can take an opportunity here with this person. That's really good that you said that, that you said start at home, which is your home hospital, because they know who you are. They can yeah. see your growth. They see your skills and what you bring to the table versus someone outside that they can only look at your resume. And I did struggle with that as well. But you know what? Going back to our conversation about being proactive, being a part of committees and councils and um, being proactive in your hospital and knowing the ins and out. That's what I made sure I reflected in my resume because when those conversations come up, Oh, you were part of here. What did you do? Boom. We did this. We changed this. We were able to impact our unit by this, whether we did a policy change, whether we did a process change. Those are the ways you can highlight those things, the things that you did in the committees, how you were involved and impactful. So I'm glad that you said that look inside your hospital, but make sure your resume is reflecting how active you were in your current role because you can't really move up if you don't know anything. You really need to be woke, like pay attention, know what's going on, know your unit, not only your unit, know your hospital, know the kind of things that are going on because that's what you're going to reflect in your meetings and your resume and even in your interview. So I'm glad that you said that. So did you have to have a certification for the role that you're in right now as a nurse manager? Because I know you already said that your master's kind of helped you. Nope. No. Oh, wow. Okay. Straight to the point. She said, no, y'all. Nope. She didn't have it. No, I don't. (laughs) Sorry. That's a wrap. No, I don't. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) No, you know, I don't, I don't think that having the certification um, was a requirement, but I think having a certification is a great addition because it, 
it just so shows that you're a master of it. You went and you took a test to ensure that you're a master of this, um, of this, of this unit, of this skill, of this branch of nursing. And and I think on your resume, it adds something to that. You know, you're serious minded. You know, you're getting the right letters together. You're showing mm-hmm. that you're a master of it. You're serious about the profession itself. So I think it's a, it's a thing of professionalism. Um, that getting that certification adds on. Um, it, it wasn't a requirement um, on any application I completed, but I think it, it shows a level of professionalism and seriousness with that um, branch of nursing um, and nursing in general. So it's, I think it's a great plus. I like that. So be honest with me, because from what I'm hearing, yeah. you are like barely five years in the game or so, but you've been in this role for four years. Do you see any challenges, the fact that you are young, the fact that you are in this leadership role? Do you, do you see any challenges because of that? Um, because you're young, because you're in this role so quickly in your nursing career, do you see any backlash or any challenges from other seasoned nurses or other people in the administration? Um, is that something that you see or you deal with? Absolutely. And that was one of the things that made me so apprehensive about even moving forward with it because I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm so young. All of my peers, other managers are going to be so much more older than me. Everybody else is going to be older than me. They're going to learn to respect me. Personally, I have to cut out the personal things from the professional. And and I remember, you know, things that my dad would say, like age is only a number. Mm -hmm. Um, But realize that in in professionalism, it's your ability and and your outcome and your results, what you produce. And then I had to think to myself, well, what can I produce? I can produce a lot. You know, it's not about my age. Age, that's a personal thing for me. That's a personal thing. It's a personal insecurity Mm -hmm. that I'm thinking about. What am I able to produce? Am I able to, uh, do I have the potential to show? Um, am I smart enough to handle it? Yes, professionally I am. And so that's what helps me, um, you know, get into it and, and really push forward with that, with the position. And, and I remember my first week I had a nurse that said, oh, you're the nurse manager? And I said, yes. And she said, how old are you? And I said, simply old enough to do it. Thank you. And I walked into my <laughs> office um, because you can't, you can't hide it. <laughs> oh my God. I'm sorry. That, whoo, girl. <laughs> she said old enough to do it. Thank you. <laughs> I'm sorry that. Yes. Girl, that was, you snatched that, you snatched that question and gave it right back. Old enough to do it. Problem tilting head down with my glasses looking through at you what what's the problem (laughs) i love that yes and and i realized and after a while you know i think professionally people will respect you if you if you can do the work yes um yes they'll see your age they'll see you you look young and and maybe they'll you know group dynamics people will test you in different ways. And you being obviously young, it's already, you're, you're basically handing it to them. But after a certain point that you can prove yourself professionally that you've got this, I think people begin to develop some kind of respect for you. And that has happened to me. Yes. I have, I had, uh, I think she's a 36 year old lady. She has two kids that that after a staff meeting tells me, man, I, when I grow up, I want to be like you, you know, <laughs> and I have people on the floor. I have a 27 year old, 27 year old uh, nurse on the floor. 
And she's like, man, I cannot believe you are here and this is how old you are. And you know all these things and I'm 27 and I haven't even done this stuff. And that's yeah. it. You see that respect. And because you're putting yourself out there, you know your stuff. Yeah. And, and, and it's a struggle before you get there. But when you get there, people will start to respect you for your ability and your mind. They will forget how old you are. Even my boss, I think she's 50 something years old tells me, you know, I, I, I forget that you are in your 20s. Sometimes when you talk and when you say things and the way you handle yourself with so much professionalism, because they don't expect that from a 20-something-year-old, I forget that you're just, you're still in your 20s. And, and that's it. You have to stay professional. You have to show your worth. You have to be out there and, you know, have integrity, act in a professional manner, show yeah. your clinical experience, show your clinical knowledge. If I yeah. am a young revolutionary nurse who wants to leave the bedside, who really wants to get into the role of a nurse manager, be able to advocate for my unit, be able to handle the responsibility of having staff, doing the scheduling, being the hands-on, and also handling the data, the reporting that administrative would need. What advice would you give someone like me who is interested in a nurse management role? What, what advice can you give me to help kind of um, mentor me into getting into the position that you are in now? What would that be? Um, I would say for one, it's not an eight to five job. You don't come in and you work eight to five and you leave. Um, and it's not, it's not what you planned in your mind is going to happen that day that completely happens. Maybe part of it will, but enough things will go wrong on the unit that um, you will not get to accomplish all the goals that you have set out um, for yourself. So do not beat yourself up at any point. Don't take anything personal you get from your staff. Um, it is very important, though, that your staff sees you. Mm. Uh, even if you come in in the morning, you greet everybody, make it personal, say hello to them, check in on them. It's very important that they see you hands-on helping on the unit. So it's, it's a tough job to keep because you have to show that you're competent to both ends um, of, of the stick. Mm -hmm. So try to, make, to maintain a balance. And at the end, help delegate a lot, just like, you know, you've been doing when you were a nurse, delegate a lot, give advice, help them out on the floor, pop in, say hello to them, but also get your administrative work done because that's going to be important too. Wow, that is a handful. And I mean, that was such, I just love the transparency in it. It's not just a beautiful title of, oh, you a nurse manager. Oh, you fancy. No, it's really about this is what the work entails. Mm -hmm. It's not at eight to five. You are getting yeah. those days where you feel overwhelmed, but it, it's not the end. And you're coaching your staff. I just love the overall transparency you gave about this role because I think some people step into it not knowing everything and you just kind of gave a good overview of everything i really really love that thank you so much because this would definitely help someone <laughs> you're welcome make that decision on hey i hope I do, <laughs> do i want to do this and can i do this or oh yes this is the kind of <laughs> challenge i love you know I hope you enjoyed today's conversation and the knowledge that was shared with you on how to become a nurse manager and what that role really entails. And two key points I want you to remember, just like Sharon says, 
get involved on a committee or a council in your hospital. That's the best way to really know what's going on, get in the mix, get your foot in that door where you're sitting at that table where you can be heard. And two, start at home. If you are definitely looking to improve in your leadership or management level and you want to get up there, start at home. Look at positions that are available and also be around those who are going to help push you to that leadership level. It has been a pleasure. Toby Talks is always rooting for you. And if you have any questions or you just want to find out more about various careers, feel free to email us. We'll love to hear from you. Toby Talks at tobytodge.com. Again, the email is tobytalks at tobytodge.com. So I know you guys will be tuning in for the next episode, which is going to be so much fun because I've gotten a lot of feedback from people who wanted to know what the role really entails on being a CNA, which is a certified nurse assistant. Well, if you want to know more about that role, tune in on our next episode because we got the details. All right, I'm out. <laughs>